to the second episode of With a Plum, a show about the history, culture, and happenings in the beautiful game. We're your hosts, the notorious R.A.J. Yes, sir. And yours truly, Neem Neem. Before we get going, we just wanted to say how thankful we are to all of you who tuned in to our first episode and gave us truly uh, invaluable feedback on what you'd like to hear more and less of. We're genuinely overwhelmed by all your support and love. So thank you very much for that. Uh, One piece of feedback we got that uh, was very, very fair was that we didn't share much about ourselves. Um, We started Eterno, the company behind this show, a little over 18 months ago. We're currently in the process of making our first set of apparel inspired by football. We, of course, have this podcast. Uh, Our site is almost finished, and it's coming soon. And so far, you can find most of the work we've done on our Instagram account at instagram.com forward slash EternoHQ, but more on that later. We love football. You love football. And that's all we're trying to do. Starting this movement, celebrate this exact culture we all love. Let's keep it moving. That was beautiful. In this episode, we'll hit on topics ranging from Sadio Mane's brilliant backheel goal to El Clasico, the Bundesliga title race, and a 130-year-old brand. So Raj, the title race in Bundesliga has really heated up, man. I mean... November 10th last year, Dortmund had just beaten Bayern 3-2. They seemed in full control. Bayern were flailing. You know, fast forward four months, and now they're tied on points in the league with only 10 games to go. And Leipzig in third place is nowhere to be seen. What do you make of all of this? Well, it was a wonderful story that the entire world was backing it was a chance to see a giant Bayern Munich who essentially just walk into every season and bring the trophy home, or at least have been doing so for the last six, seven years, essentially since the last time Dortmund were relevant in the peak (laughs) Jurgen Klopp years. Mm -hmm. And we thought that we were getting one of those stories again, but here we are. The last four weeks of the Dortmund season have been an absolute catastrophe. It started about early February when the wheels started coming off with a draw away to Eintracht Frankfurt. Mm. Followed that up, getting knocked out of the cup to a Bremen side. They're definitely better than close game. They got knocked out on penalties. They followed that up with that legendary draw at home to Hoffenheim. (laughs) If you remember, that was the match where they were up 3-0, were absolutely cruising, coasting. They gave up three late goals in 12 minutes, lost their 3-0 lead. Absolute embarrassment. Disaster. After that, 
They got dismantled by Tottenham in the Champions League 3-0 at Wembley. That was a destruction. Mm -hmm. After that was the goalless draw away at Nuremberg. (laughs) No one knows who Nuremberg are. Finally, they win at home against Leverkusen. And everybody is thinking, okay, we've steadied the ship. And they follow that up with a brutal loss against Augsburg away. (laughs) No one's ever heard of Augsburg until right this very second. Oh, man. Using very simple math, that's six points from five matches. That's completely unacceptable if you have a team like Bayern Munich chasing you. It's just sad because Dortmund are so many people's neutral, fun team to watch, keep track of. They have lots of great young players, some players who have stuck around since like the heady days of 2012-ish mm-hmm. with uh, Mario Götze, Marco Royce, Lucas Piszczek. And now here we are and they're struggling. The youth are showing their inexperience a little bit. Yeah, Sancho is, he's tapered off a little bit. Christian Pulisic is a non-starter. He's essentially anonymous and is completely irrelevant to this team this season. He will be leaving in the summer. But I will tell you this, April 6th, Bayern play Dortmund, a must-watch. It will go, obviously, a long way to deciding the title. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ups and downs left, but I think that's the game. This is one of the best stories in Europe now with two months left in the season, so tune in. That's right. Mark your calendars, folks. April 6th. Well, speaking of close title races uh, over in England Liverpool seem to be in full control but now nine games to go and they're actually a point behind leader City Um, you know that Mane backheel goal of course was audacious and delicious and gracious and efficacious and all the shisses you can think of but what's going on with the red team from Merseyside Having a little bit of a bobble, man. I mean, it's not the crisis that everyone is sort of painting. Liverpool have had draws recently. Mm -hmm. They, They aren't losing matches, but they're not winning them. And what went from a seven point lead at the top, which could have been 10, but City beat them, which is Liverpool's only loss. Now they're one point behind Manchester City. And I know it looks bad, and I know that everybody is a little bit in panic mode, but it's not as bad as it looks. And with Liverpool, it's the front three not firing right now. Mm -hmm. Firmino was injured in the United draw, and he's not having the season that he was last year, but he's obviously still such a massive piece to that front three. Yeah. Mohamed Salah, I don't know if it's a little bit of a case of defenders sort of starting to figure him out maybe not he's still obviously elite world-class player but he's not contributing at the rate which we got spoiled with last season Mm -hmm. they're missing joe gomez that's such a big injury you know that now they're forced to start matip because lovren also is injured and milner at right back fabinho is sometimes in there joe gomez such a good young player who's having such a an incredible season before the injury. They need him back because 
Liverpool don't have the depth that obviously a team like Manchester City do. So I don't think they're collapsing or bottling. I think they're wavering slightly under pressure. This is definitely the first time in the Premier League era that I think Liverpool can actually win the title. There's still many twists and turns to come. Both teams will, I think, drop points again. Liverpool, they have turned Anfield back into the fortress that Mm -hmm. it has been for decades. Mm -hmm. They do not lose at home. They've beaten Napoli at home already this season, PSG. And they don't have any tough away games. They're all going to be tough because it's this time of the season. But they're teams that are they should be beating. And their two biggest games left, Chelsea and Tottenham, are both at home. So I like Liverpool to get big results there. And that's a big advantage for them. Manchester City obviously are in form, but they're also chasing the quadruple. So they have to figure out a rotation policy where they don't find fatigue. So I think right now it will come down to whoever stays in the Champions League the longest might actually be the ones <laughs> to drop the title. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, it's it's coming down to the wire and it's super exciting from a from a pure uh, fan of the game's perspective. On that note, you know, speaking of giant clubs in world football, Barcelona and Real Madrid have locked horns three times this past month alone, twice in Copa del Rey and most recently this past weekend in La Liga. And Barcelona have decidedly come out on top from these matches. So, you know, I think myself and many are wondering, you know, where does this leave Real for this season and where do they really go from here? I mean, it's so interesting and it's becoming quite the storyline essentially because I think Barcelona and Real Madrid are trending in two very different directions. Mm -hmm. Barcelona are cruising they've gotten their swagger back and they're talking about another treble whereas Real Madrid certainly are not Barcelona are they have all the players in form they have look at the depth that they have on their bench they they have the luxury of bringing players like Arturo Vidal Felipe Coutinho they just have players that they don't even need hanging out on the bench yeah They're all finding a little bit of form. They have a seven-point lead over Atletico. To me, that's insurmountable. That title race is over. Barcelona can focus on the Copa del Rey final, which, I mean, their hard work is done. They beat Real. And it's all about the Champions League. They look great in the most recent Clasico. You know, it was only a 1-0 affair. Beautiful goal by Rakitic. Yeah, that chip was gorgeous. Yeah, it was so wonderful. And... But I just never at any point in that game felt that they were really properly under pressure. Dembele was really the only player that I thought was not effective for Barcelona. He's still super young. Mm -hmm. He's still trying to find his permanent place in that front three with Messi and Suarez. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because a great example of the different directions both these giants are going. Look at the El Clasico's In La Liga this year, Barcelona have swept Real Madrid 6-1 on aggregate, which is truly embarrassing for the biggest rivalry in sports, supposedly. To put that in perspective, Real Madrid haven't swept a series of La Liga El Clasicos 
since 2007-2008 season. Jesus. And Barcelona, yeah, exactly. And Barcelona were so insulted by that sweep that they followed that up with going undefeated in La Liga Clasicos for three calendar years. <laughs> that is an absurd statistic. Yeah. That coincided, obviously, with that wonderful era of Barcelona and their teams, the 2010-2011 Barcelona team, in my opinion, probably one of the best assembled and most dominant teams in football history. You know this, that team, I mean, that goes up, you know, right next to the greats in, you know, late 80s Milan, you know, mid 90s United. There are very, very few teams that were that good and possibly they were better than all of them. Exactly. And they managed to essentially stay pretty healthy. You'll remember it's icons like Valdez, Alves, Puyo, Pique, Mascherano, Xavi, Iniesta, Mm -hmm. Messi, David Villa up top, Busquets. (laughs) They just absolutely dominated. But the interesting part about that is that it was also an incredible Real Madrid team. Real Madrid only lost that title by four points. They actually beat Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final to prevent Barca from the treble. And then Barcelona beat Real Madrid in the Champions League semifinal. Barcelona would go on to win that Champions League 3-1 against my Manchester United team. We won't talk about that, though. (laughs) That's right. But But what's most alarming is that Real Madrid are going in the exact opposite direction and just can't find their identity in this post-Ronaldo era. They're trying to find essentially a replacement. And if you even listen to someone like Luka Modric, even this week was saying that Ronaldo is irreplaceable and they're now seeing the obvious immense effect and influence that he had on that whole team. Gareth Bale is not turning into that main guy that he thought he would be, that they thought he would be. He's not starting. Yeah. His agent is going out talking about the fans don't respect him or deserve him. He's not celebrating goals with teammates. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, he's alienating himself for really no reason. And obviously it's providing to the discord they find themselves in. Their whole season now hinges on the Champions League. They are the kings of that tournament and they're the best team in the world until somebody knocks them out. Let's see someone do that. I'm looking forward to it. Again, another massive storyline in European football for these last eight to ten weeks. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's definitely an opportunity for Real to to build for the future come the end of this season. And, you know, speaking of big opportunities, uh, just to update all our listeners, Atlanta United have thankfully made it through to the next round of the CONCACAF Champions League. So disaster averted for now for MLS's best team. They obviously had this podcast on repeat, Mm -hmm. heard everything, and had to show the world that they weren't done. There's no Costa Rican team taking down the MLS champs. Mm -hmm. They got early goals, first minute, Joseph Martinez, no joke, emphatic victory onto the quarterfinals. Now is the big test. They play Monterey, a team for those of you who don't know. Yeah, Mexican massive giant. Mexican teams dominate this tournament. They've won every title since 2005. That's nuts. That is 
that's so absurd and that's incredible wild. and they should just really paint that trophy <laughs> in the red white and green <laughs> but now there's four mls teams left it's the quarterfinals they're trying to bring this trophy home for the first time in something like 20 years well on that note being that Eterno's ethos towards what we produce is deeply rooted in creating timeless pieces that really exude the craftsmanship and quality that's at the heart of our game. Uh, Today, we wanted to take a moment to celebrate a 130-year-old Italian brand uh, by the name of Pantafola Doro. Uh, They're the embodiment of this timeless quality and craftsmanship we're obsessed with. So if you're looking for your next pair of cleats, definitely give them a look. Uh, By the way, this is not a sponsored segment. We just happen to love their work. I mean, just go to their site. These are masterpieces, works of art. They're all handmade. Nobody's making anything by (laughs) hand anymore. They make shoes, they make cleats, they do it all. It's absolutely beautiful. And I think if you buy a pair, you instantly become Del Piero. So that's a real big plus. Before we close out the show, we want you to know we'd love to hear from you. So please, please send us any and all of your feedback, questions, comments. Uh, You can leave us a message through the Anchor FM app, or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, We're forward slash Eterno HQ. That's E-T-E-R-N-O-H-Q as in headquarters. And of course, you can also sign up on our site eterno.boutique for product updates on that last note thank you so much for tuning in your support means the world to us we'll see you next time peace peace